Happy New Year. It is a happy new year. I don't know what your circumstances are. I know precisely what my circumstances are. And it's a happy new year. It should be a happy new year for us. Because any, any moment that's clicking off on the clock of time means that we're that much closer to being with Him. Just that much closer. That means it's a happy new second. Happy new minute. Happy new hour. Happy new day. Happy new month. Happy new year. Praise God. Praise God. Let's go to the word of the Lord, shall we? We're going to back on our regular schedule of classes and so on and so forth this next week. So be prepared for that Wednesday and Sunday. We're back on track, okay? All right. Romans chapter 7. This is where our text is going to be taken from this morning. And if you are a note taker and you need to jot down a title of something, just write down the word yesterday. Yesterday. Romans chapter 7, beginning in verse 21. I'll be reading from the NIV. It should be right behind me. And this is what the apostle wrote to the church in Rome. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. How many of you have ever classified your humanity that way. You've seen it play out that way. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. You know, we tend to hero worship people in the Bible and others, for that matter, in such a way where we, we remove their humanity from them. The Apostle Paul is one of those people that we tend to elevate and pedestalize in such a way that he's not human. Well, guess what? Paul just told us that, oh, yeah, I was. Yeah, human, real, real, real human. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me, for in my inner being I delight in God's law. How many of you love the Word of the Lord? And what He promises in His Word for us. And how that manifests in our lives. Delighting in the law of God. But I see another law at work in me. So he sees the one law, the law of God. But he sees another law too. Working in him, and he says it this way, waging war against the law of my mind, which is in love with God's law, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Everybody get that? Everybody get that? 
This is, this is Paul. I really would like to do good things. I really want to live my life doing good. That would just be awesome. But what happens is, is this sinful humanity that is reigning in me, that's living in me, it shows up. And the stuff that I want to do ends up backfiring in my face, and I don't get to do it at all. And I'm sitting around here acting like a carnal heathen. How many carnal heathens you got in the congregation today do not acknowledge that question? Then he says, he, he says after stating all of this, he, he qualifies, he classifies himself. He says, what a wretched man I am. I, I, he said, I am a disaster area. How many of you know you're a disaster area. I mean, come on. I get upset. Everybody knows if I was to give a quiz right now, what's the one thing that annoys me the most? Every one of you would get it right. It's traffic. Now, don't get me wrong. There are other things that annoy me. Traffic tends to make my humanity show up. I'm going to be honest with you. If God truly loved me, He would make all of I-45 a demolition derby just for me. His love stops short of that for me. He says, what, what a disaster, what a mess I am. I am wretched. He says, then he goes, who, who will rescue me? From this body that is subject to death. Because you know your carnality, your sin, and all, we, we, this is theology 101. It equates to death. James makes that very, very, very clear. And then he stops. And he does this course correction. And he says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is our life and our living. That is a redemption at its best. That is salvation at its best. That is Him having no rival. Because although these things try to show up in our bodies, keep in mind, what does the Bible tell us about what God did? Made Him sin who knew no sin traipsed him off to the cross and that's where he who had been made sin died now sin didn't crawl off the cross when he died he was made sin when he died it did too its power was lost you say but Michael it's still in my flesh yeah 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 I, I get that I get that. I get that because it's in mine. That's not the point. The point is, in dying and taking sin to the grave with him, when he resurrected, sin didn't. He came up. It stayed down. It's dead. Its power is gone. So even though your humanity, who you live in a body of death, because guess I don't know if you all know this, but we're all going to die unless we hear a trumpet, right? Okay. 
He transcends that process through redemption. He killed the effect and the power of sin on the cross. That way, when we come around going, I need a Savior, and we get saved, that power is no longer working in us, despite the fact that we struggle with this body every single day. Who's getting this? Okay? So that doesn't, and John comes around in, I think it's First John, correct me if I'm wrong, comes around and says, does that give us a license to sin? No! If you sin, we have an advocate with the Father who is seated at His right hand, forever making intercession for us. Go to Him, but the power is gone because you can actually go to Him because through Jesus Christ, He gave us access to that power. So stop thinking you're under the thumb of God. You're not. You're heirs and joint heirs with Him. That's Bible. That's not some independent theology some weirdo came up with. That if, that if there's a weirdo, then it's God. He's the weirdo. Because He puts you there through redemption and subsequent salvation. Yes? That's where we are right now. Man, this doesn't go along with my message much. It's good stuff. So often we struggle with our living. We struggle with our living and or we struggle with how we have lived. And one of the things that I think is one of the most powerful forces in all of humanity, and it's unfortunate that it's this powerful, it is the idea that our yesterdays help to set our course. They haunt us in many cases. If Thanksgiving and Christmas are the evening and the night of the year, then New Year's Day is the morning. Like the mornings of every other ordinary day of the year, New Year's Day inspires fresh hope, but on an immensely grander scale than the norm. Each morning that we wake up after having disappeared in sleep for a split second in eternity's scape, we are surprised again to find ourselves still here. Like strong coffee, or in my case, a 44-ounce Mountain Dew. This discovery of waking up is rejuvenating. Then, then we reflect on the fact that we have once again successfully spun around the earth, the earth's axis. If, let's say, we're uh, in a northern latitude somewhere, maybe around Santa Fe or maybe Cheyenne, you realize that we have traveled some 20,000 miles since yesterday, just spinning from day to night 
back today again. And without even so much as breaking a sweat, we have rocketed over a million and a half miles in our orbit around the sun since this time a day ago. 20,000 miles as we spin, over a million and a half as we go around each day. And that we are now going to start that process all over again and perform these same mysteries, these same miracles again in nothing more than another 24 hours. If we were to sit and think about all of that, sitting here, we might just be tempted to the sin of pride that we, we <laughs> have accomplished so much, traveled some 20,000 miles and in, our, in our spinning in space, a million and a half around the sun. Man, we've done a lot. I'm tired. We've accomplished so much in such a short period of time. It's like we did that. And well, so it is with every New Year's Day, but on a scale, a scale that's, that's at least 365 times more inspiring. Now, when we reflect that just in our daily rotations that we have spun over 7 million miles since last year, and that in our orbiting, we have sailed an unfathomable 568 million miles through space, and that astonishingly and largely without any mishap whatsoever, with the exception of the occasional war, thank you, Russia, depression or plague, thank you, COVID, we have revolved around the sun and come back to where we started just to begin anew on what we call New Year's Day. Winter has turned into spring, summer into fall, and then right back to winter again. It's a brand new year. It has no mistakes in it. The world is ours to conquer. Woohoo! At the end of the year, if you're like most people, we eagerly turn our attention toward all that God has for us and the excitement of the future to come in Him. This can be an inspirational time of year. can be. Yet sometimes, for some, anxiety and worry can arise when we remember our yesterdays. In 1965, the Beatles released the album, Help. On that album, Paul McCartney both wrote and sang these lyrics. Yesterday, all my trouble seemed so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Our enjoyment 
and our anticipation of God's grace in this time of year can be overshadowed. It can even be dampened, squelched, if you will, by the memory of yesterday's sins and yesterday's weights, the mistakes that we've made in life. Our past can have a profound effect on our future. Trust me, I know that to be the case. In Deuteronomy chapter 25, the Bible talks about a violent encounter that Israel had with the Amalekites. Their story, the Amalekites, is that they, unprovoked now, keep that in mind, unprovoked, attacked Israel from behind as they had just finished crossing the Red Sea. Because of this and their many other sins, God vowed to blot them out from under heaven. If you want to hear what God had to say, go to Exodus chapter 17, verse 14 specifically. Well, in this attack that the Amalekites uh, 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 campaigned against Israel, the Amalekites didn't dare take on the main host of Israel in a frontal assault. They couldn't do it. They knew that. Strategy dictated the fact that they were not going to be able to take on Israel. Are you in a place in your life where the devil doesn't hit you from in front? Because he know he, he knows he can't take you. You're too convinced. You're too persuaded. You are too mature to drink, to do drugs, to worship other idols, etc., etc., etc. He doesn't come at you from the front. Well, guess what? A frontal assault at this point in time uh, in Deuteronomy 25 wasn't possible either. Rather, the Amalekites, they attacked the tail end of the line the part that was following, the part that was slow, the part that was weak, the part that was plodding along. Deuteronomy 25 says this, Remember what the Amalekites did to you along the way when you came out of Egypt, when you were weary and worn out. They met you on your journey and attacked all who were lagging behind. They had no fear of God. That's how the devil often works in our lives. Especially if you're moving forward in something that's victorious. Following the pathway to promise in this particular case. Where God has said, I have given you something and I want you to go there and get there. And there will be obstacles, but we'll take care of those. Don't sweat that. And when you clear your obstacles and you're near, you're, you're almost... You're almost within arm's reach of getting to that thing that God has promised you. And suddenly, there's an attack from the rear. You're too far along, too mature in your spirituality to get attacked in the front. You see it coming a mile away. But while you're fixated and you're focused on the thing that God has called you to do, called you to be, called you to go, He sneaks up from behind. And He gets you in your yesterdays. But thanks be to God. 
that among many other things, God is the God of our yesterdays. And He allows the memory of them not to plague us, not to haunt us. They're not a specter to be shunned and feared. God allows the memory of our yesterdays to turn the past into an opportunity. Into a ministry, if you will. What kind of opportunity? What kind of ministry? Not where you open a clinic and hang a shingle out and say you want to help people do get past their this, that, or the other thing. Plug in your favorite past sin or weight here. No. It's a ministry and an opportunity to grow for your future. You see, the devil is a liar, and he is what Jesus called the father of all lies. Remember, I told you everything that's got a name is going to bow. Well, guess what? Your past has to bow. You hear me? See, when you and I are thinking about the past, our past, those things that have haunted us, that we did wrong, that the devil likes to tell us, still have power over our lives. And when we see them, when we think of them, when they enter our consciousness, we recoil. And we think, oh, oh." it's kind of like a picture of you in junior high that you go, oh, dear God, get that down now. It's one of those things. And the problem is, is that the junior high picture, oh, I've got one. I wish I had it to show you. You all, well, I would just have to say, close the service, you'd stop laughing. You wouldn't stop laughing. I had enough hair for a family of five. I had enough hair for a five, and it was all, if if Donald Trump's hair was on crack, that's what I had in junior high. Down to here, out to here, swept like the Hawaii Five O wave. Da, 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 da. It was so bad, bad doesn't even describe it. God decided to cast it out. That's your past. That's not me anymore. That's decades in the past. And guess what? It doesn't haunt me. Guess what? Our past in the hands of the devil are a weapon that a weapon that's based in a lie that he uses to wield against us to slow us and to hurt us and to make us ineffective. But the bottom line is, is he has redeemed you from your past. Those things are no longer in effect. And our, our yesterdays, they're an opportunity. They're now an opportunity. <laughs> Growth for our future. This opportunity... This ministry doesn't happen quickly. It doesn't happen quickly. Growth rarely ever happens quickly, unless you're my sons. It doesn't happen overnight. Growth takes time. 
understand that God allows the memory of our past to function in this way so as to protect us from the very shallow security that we tend to place in our present. Because we have gone through 20,000 miles orbiting or spinning since yesterday. 1.5 million miles in orbiting the sun since yesterday. We think to ourselves, we are basically bulletproof. We are, but that's right now. What happens when yesterday sneaks up and grabs you? And suddenly an undue weight and undue quality is placed on our yesterdays and we slow and we stop and we cringe when in reality, opportunity is knocking. Amen and amen. Yesterdays can have that effect. However, if we allow them to, the memories of our yesterdays can serve as spiritual, emotional, and psychological road signs. They will remind us of what those past sins and those past weights and those past mistakes did and did to us and will do it again if we allow them to, making us say, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going back there. We're not going to go back to the past. We're not going to live in our yesterdays. We're not going to go back to our yesterdays. We're staying right here, and we're going to move forward because I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be that thing, and I don't want to feel like that anymore or ever again. Isaiah 52 says, The Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. That pretty much covers it, doesn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Stick a fork in it. That, that pretty much covers it. God will send His presence out before us to lead and to direct while simultaneously protecting us from behind, guarding us from what has been. Again, Deuteronomy chapter 25. This is verse 19. When the Lord your God gives you rest from all your enemies around you in the land He is giving you to possess as an inheritance, you shall blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. And then he says this. I love how he says this. Do not forget. See here, this is why this is so important to them at the time. But more importantly now for you now is because... In Jesus Christ, you are in your promise. You are in your inheritance. Don't buy the lie that your yesterday can affect your today or your future. That's a lie. When it's wielded by the devil himself, that's a lie. Now, if you have good in your yesterday and can grow and glean and learn from hallelujah that's what i've just said he will make it an opportunity for growth but in the hands of the devil your yesterday is a weapon he says when you get into your promise how many of you are in your promise how many of you are in christ okay the rest of you we have an altar for you to get saved at. then Since you've entered into your inheritance, you shall blot out 
the memory of Amalek from under heaven. That's your job for your life. By the way, do not forget it. So, and this is how you, this is how you know this is happening. When he comes up and goes oogie boogie with your yesterday and your life and your living from yesterday and he wants to make you feel bad, that's the devil. Verbalize, you are getting blotted out of my life and I will never forget you. I am never going to forget you. Because in your hands, you're a weapon against me. In his hands, he's growing me. And I'm growing up. And you're going down, Amalek. Devil, you're going down. He will keep watch. Our rear guard is what he is. So that we will not be tripped up again by the failures of our yesterdays. God's hand reaches back to the past, settling all of the claims against our conscience. God reaches back and He takes care of our yesterdays. Exodus 17. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it. Because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. God's hand reaches into your past and He settles all the claims against your conscience. So don't let your conscience bother you while you're in Christ Jesus. He has already redeemed you from all of that. As we move ahead, Tal, will you bring the crew up? As we move ahead into the coming year, let us go out with the patient power. Remember, patience. This doesn't happen overnight. Growth takes time. The patient power of knowing that the God of Israel will not only go before us, but that He will also be keeping watch behind us. Our yesterdays hold broken and, yeah, irreversible, unretrievable things. It's true that we have lost opportunities that are never going to return. But God can transform those things into blessing and good for the future. Romans chapter 8, one of those verses that every one of us knows and every one of us has quoted. And we know that all things, God, uh, that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to His purpose. Man, that stuff is gone. Let it die. Let it lie. Walk away. Leave it there. And don't let it, like the walking dead, creep up behind you. It's dead. Let it be. On this New Year's Day, let the past rest. But let it rest in the sweet embrace of Christ. Leave the broken, the irreversible past. Leave all of your yesterdays in His hands and step out into the future with Him. The psalmist wrote this, verse 6 of Psalm 23, Surely your goodness 
and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Stand with me this morning.